0: We all have questions. Questions like, why is it called a building if it's already built? Why is pizza round but comes in a square box? Why is it said an alarm clock is going off when it's really turning on? Some questions are more important than others. Questions like, how do I hear God's voice? Does hell really exist? Your most asked questions answered.
1: All right, put the shoes on. Are y'all ready? He's ready. God is good, amen. Amen.
0: So, so we're starting a series, you asked for it. We passed out a card. And people wrote down questions that they had from the Word of God. And uh, we're going to start with probably the third, not the number one, but the third. Because number one, number two, we just, this is going to lay the foundation for one, two, three, four, five, six, or however many we do. And so we want you to, to get ready and uh, to receive from the Word of God today and uh, as we lay this foundation. And uh, so, so number three on the list is what is my purpose and why am I here? And uh, I remember I was pulling up to the bank one time, and I was going to make a deposit and, and, uh, in the youth account way back in the day. And uh, the, the lady looked and said, you're a pastor? I said, yes, ma'am. And she was probably about 21, 22. She goes, what's the will of God for my life? And I'm talking the <laughs> bulletproof glass, and I'm sitting in the car, and she's going to ask me a question like, what's the will of God for my life? And I said, read your Bible. Uh Uh-huh. And so so the thing about it is, we are been out from our perspective and our point of view, what am I supposed to do with my life? Well, we're going to look at what God's perspective is today. What does God want to do with your life? But we we want, I need a good job, I need to marry a good woman, I need to have good kids, I need a good car.
1: That's what we think the will of God is. A good job, wife, house, car, good
0: silverware. Uh, you know, you can go down the list. Things. It's not about things. Even though we just sang about it and it comes in Matthew 6, that if he clothes the lilies of the field, he'll clothe you. So the place we want to be, is where Matthew 6, says, but seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and everything will be added to you because God is a provider, but we don't put the provider ahead of who we are. We got to know who we are, and we start chasing the
1: end results without having a foundation, and if you get the end results without a foundation, you're going to lose it. That's it. So you can't get the, so to speak, they say, cart, the cart before the horse. You got to put God first. And then your life starts smoothing out. You know, you ever been in a boat because of the storm? Let's just talk about that real quick. Jesus calmed the storm. Amen. But you ever been through a storm that he didn't calm? Yeah. Amen.
0: You know, Daniel in the lion's then he didn't pray, Lord, take these lions away. He went through the lines then and come out the other side. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't pray, Lord, cool that fire down just a little bit. They went through the fire, and they didn't even smell like smoke. Come on, you're going to go through some things. It doesn't mean that God's not with you. You're going to go through some stuff. But you know what? You still, I'm going to rebuke the storm. I'm going to rebuke the fire. I'm going to walk through the water, but I'm going through with God. And he's going to hold my hand i say, so we're going to walk with God, and we're going to rebuke the storm. If the storm doesn't rebuke, we're going to survive anyway. You hear the story of the buffaloes and the cows. Storm comes. The buffalo starts going towards the storm. The cows start running from it. Guess what? The storm keeps going. The cows just keep running. They're in the storm. They can't outrun it. The buffaloes wade right on through it. The storm passes by, and they go on eating grass. It's got some water on it, too.
1: don't even go to get any water in there. Sometimes you just need to bow up. You know what I'm going through. Jesus does.
0: Whoo, don't get me off here. Let's get on this here. I want, read, I want to read 1 Peter 2, 9. Have you ever seen this scripture? You need to grab a hold of everything God is saying about you. 1 Peter 2, 9. It says, but you are a chosen generation. Say, I've been chosen. I've been chosen. You're a chosen generation. You were born in this time in this era for God. Hey, it's the end times. It's looking bad. It's crazier than we've ever seen. But we're still chosen to be here. Smile and say, I'm chosen. A royal priesthood. Did you know that Jesus is the king
1: of kings? Who's the kings that he's king of? You. And not only are you a king, but you're a priest. A royal
0: priesthood, a kingly priesthood. Man, that ought to make you feel good. Shoot, I'm a king and a priest. A priest means you can go before God by yourself. Oh, you? I'll pray with you. I'll lead you right on in there. But you know what? If I'm not around, I've got to go on vacation sometimes. You can go to the throne of grace and obtain mercy because you're a priest. And look, it says a holy nation. We're a people. A people. Nations are people. And we're a people for God, amen, called to be holy, his own special people, that you proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. If you're a child of God, if you're saved, you've been called out of the
1: darkness. Quit trying to walk in the darkness and walk in the light. It's not natural. you like this. It's not natural to walk that way. It hurts. Stay in the
0: light. Come on, pursue God's what it said. And so, verse 10, you were once not a people, but now you're the people of God. Say, we are the people of God. Say, I'm the person of God. Huh? And who had not obtained mercy, but now we've obtained mercy. Everything that we walk in is because of the mercy and the grace of God. Glory. And if you start getting too high and mighty and start looking at everybody else's sins, you need to go back and look at the grace and mercy of God that's on your life. Don't be one of them and point because you got three fingers pointing back at you. Remember who you were and what you came out of and and just, man, that just makes you worship. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So so as we're trying to find out who we are or what we're supposed to do with our life, this is what we're supposed to do with life. We're the people of God. We're supposed to be the people of God first and foremost.
1: Your life is, you better serve God every day. Because your life is and it's gone. It was yesterday I was graduating high school. I'm not gonna count the years. I ain't got time, enough fingers and toes. We were
0: here for a short time, and what we do with our life is how we spend eternity. And I mean eternity is forever. But we cling to this life like I gotta get as much money uh, what a countryman! I can all you can get and, and, you know, get all you can, can all you can get and bury it in the backyard so you can have it. Yeah. Can't, you, can't, you can't take it with you. There's no U-Hauls behind the hearse. And so if we look at this and who we are. Let's go to number one. We're God's family. We're his children. Come on, establish that. I, I'm in the family of God. I'm a child of God. Are you a child of God? If you're not a child of God, today's the day to get saved. Well, I'm not not sure I'm saved. Well, you need to be sure. You need to have that assurance that you know who you are. And you know what? It's all right to brag about it a little bit.
1: Jesus died for me. Hey, y'all, Jesus died for me. Or you guys, Jesus died for me. However you want to say it. Because he did die for us. He set us free. We've been made free because of him. Our righteousness is nothing, but
0: his righteousness is everything. His righteousness. We have right standing with God because of Jesus. Amen? And so as we look at this, uh, we need to recognize who we are. In 1 John 3, 1 through 3, it says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the children of God. Everybody say, I'm a child of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know Him. Beloved no, but uh, beloved now we are the children of God and has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. i want to tell you right now, you can start seeing Jesus for what He is, and that's what you're supposed to be.
1: You know, He's coming back and you're going to be like Him when He comes back. But right now, you need to be like him. Whatever
0: is revealed to you in Jesus, you need to be that. Oh, boy. And that's big shoes to fill. But wait a minute. We're not alone. We'll get to this. We're not alone. He's our helper. He's going to grow us up. He's going to help us walk with him and be like him. He doesn't set the goal. You know what? Your children, you have goals for your children or, or hopes for your children. Can they feel those hopes and dreams? They have the
1: ability, yes. Even if they have a disability, you ought to push them. Hey, hey, don't hold them back. Don't make a baby out of them. Don't make a baby out of your your children, period. Let them grow up. Let them jump off the roof. No, I'm just kidding. I did that.
0: In verse 3, and everyone who has... This hope in him purifies himself
1: just as he is pure. Come on, that's our part to pursue God with all of our heart.
0: He's laid out a plan. The plan is for you to be his children. The plan is for you to be his family. Are you his family? Then start acting like it. Somebody said, you know, had to sign Jesus, take the wheel, And on the bottom it says, no, he needs to take his flip-flop and pull over and whip some of y'all. Well, he's not, but he's not going to do that. He's not going to make you be his child. He's called
1: you to be his child. It's it's your position in God. If you're in line and they're passing out stuff and you're in line to get it, you're going to get it.
0: You just got to stay in line. You're going to receive the things of God. You can't get out of line. You get out of line, you got to start back, but God will restore you. God will help you. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Serve him. Love him. Absorb everything that he has for us. I said receive the love of God, receive the presence of God this morning. you got to receive the things of God. So I'm praying, Father, right now that our eyes be open of who we are and who we're supposed to be. I know we want to go and we'll get to that being a doctor, a lawyer, an Indian chief. But that's not the important thing. The important thing is that you know that you're a child of God. And the devil can't talk you out of it because he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He comes to talk you out. Oh, you're not really saved. I don't think you're you're not. Oh, you're, you're not really going to go to heaven.
1: Look what you did. You ran a stop sign. You're going straight to hell. He'll take anything and try to stop us. And God's not going to make us act like his kids. We don't earn this. Our part is to get in
0: agreement with what God has said about us. These scriptures that we're reading is what God has said about you. Can you get in agreement with them? Nod your head. Give me a yes. Give me something. Oh, me, amen, whatever. Help me, Lord. But you have to get in agreement. I received that. That's for me. That's for me. That's mine. I always use the analogy, you know, if
1: I'm throwing you a ball, you're going to catch it. Then catch these scriptures today. Oh, I know this, Pastor. Then you know what? Live it. I'm a child of God. Act like it. I'm a
0: child of God. 2 Corinthians 6, 16 through 18, it says, and what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are a temple of the living God, and God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. You're the people of God. Amen? So we have a part, and that's to be the people of God. Doesn't matter what we do. So verse 17 says, therefore, come out from among them. Be ye separate, says the Lord. Do not touch the unclean thing, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you. Come on. And you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Uh, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness and flesh of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Come on, whatever you do, you do it as unto the Lord. If you, uh, I, I coach my kids growing up in softball or football or whatever. Uh, I didn't coach my son in football, but I had to step in between two coaches going to get into a fist fight on the football field. And they're supposed to be believers. And hey, me and this other guy, we, we're grabbing these coaches like what the kids are, you know, the shaking hands or giving high-fives, and the coaches square off and fixing to go
1: at it. Dude, you're a deacon in the Baptist church. What are you doing? I'm protecting the kids. No, you're not. You're in pride. You got to live it, folks. We got to live it. Even
0: when our team loses or even when something happens, we got to live it on the ball field, with our, especially in front of our kids. We got to live it every day. It doesn't matter what job you have. You're living for Jesus. Amen? That's number one. Because if you lose your foundation, guess what? That, that they co- both could have been fired from their jobs. They both could have been sued. They both could have been, and, and, you know, and, and the boy that helped separate me, he was a black belt. He's like, man, I thought I was going to have to use my belt on him. <laughs> me and him's laughing about it later on. And so from then on, we didn't miss a
1: practice because we scared this dude's going to go off on our kids. You got that kind of anger going on, something's up. We have got to deal with our angers, with our hurt, with our emptiness. Some of y'all running on empty. You know how I can tell? Because you vomit. No, oh, I can't believe you do that. You see, ever I know y'all never acted that way, y'all
0: looking at me, but you know people that have. They're empty, right? And so, so this is our, our position. So I'm glad that one of y'all brought that up. I got two cans. And they're both the same. Man, they're made by the same company. They're both made out of aluminum. And I'm not doing a commercial. Let me turn it around where you can't see what it is. It's just cans of
1: soda. But one's empty and one's full. Are you empty today? You know, the devil wants to empty you. He'll poke a hole in you where you just spew out. And you know what? When you get
0: poked, you ought to, Jesus ought to come out. But, but, but the devil wants to
1: empty you of God. And guess what? When you get empty, he wants to crush you. It's easy to crush you. But when you're full and you're sealed, the Bible talks about
0: that you have a seal. That you're sealed by God. Woo! You got a seal on your heart and on your arm. It's a tattoo. If anybody wanted to know, but we're sealed. Look at it. Look, look, look. Oh, oh. I, I'm, I'm scared. I'm gonna, you know, <laughs> gonna blow up.
1: But hey, I didn't want to fall. It held me up. It's because it's full. Are you full? Are you going around? Being crushed and crushing people because you're empty. (sighs) (sighs) That's empty. Church is to get full and to stay full, and you got
0: to stay full during the week because everything that the devil sends at you has come to empty you, frustrate you. Steal that presence. Steal that, that memory. Steal that you remember. I'm a child of God. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Get off me. Get off me, devil, in the name of Jesus. Get out of my mind, and now I need to start. When wrong thoughts come, you got to replace them with God thoughts. I'm a child of God. I'm the people of God. I'm a holy
1: people. I don't feel very holy. It don't matter. You've been called to be holy. It's your position. The king of England is the king of England, and he don't feel like
0: it every morning. The queen, who was the longest running reign, whatever queen, she she didn't feel like queen every day. Still, the queen it was her position. It's your position. You're a child of God, whether you feel like it or not. So, but you can, on purpose, change the way you feel. It's not how you feel. It's who you are. Well, that's just me and my well, our family. That's the way we are. We're just short tempered. No, God will change you. Quit just
1: excusing. Things away and get full, get filled up. Let's go to number two. Number two is we are the body of Christ. Now, now we already read that you're the temple.
0: You're looking at this body right here. I'm looking at your bodies out here. But you're a child of God. You're the temple of God. And this flesh, we teach it all the time. You are a body. You have a soul. And you're, this is what you you, you know, with the Medical science says your brain, but it's different. You're a soulful man. It's your memory, your thoughts, your emotions. It's who you really are. If you didn't have emotions, you couldn't order from, uh, you could go to Ruby Tuesdays, not know how to, just give me the gruel. I, I don't know. Just give me oatmeal, I'll be fine. But emotions, you start looking, you buy a new car. Smell that new car, smell. That's why they get you in it. Well, you need to drive it before we talk about price. They're trying to get your emotions involved. And you look at that menu, well, that looks good. That looks, I don't know what I want because your emotions are involved now anyway. But we're the body. Collectively, we're the body of Christ. And 1 Corinthians 2, 12, 27 says, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. Every one of us are individual, but we're all in the body of Christ. We all have different places, things to do in the body of Christ. All of you have different jobs. You work different places, you do different things, but we all are uh, collectively the body of Christ, but individually we're the body of Christ as well. Amen? And so now we're the body of Christ, collectively we're the body of Christ, and it separates. You know, some say, uh, you know, Paul starts talking about, (coughs) excuse me, Uh, you could be the ear, you could be the finger, you know, who wants to be the armpit, anybody? No, no. Somebody said, you know, and I always use this this illustration, I'm just a little toe. I'm not that important. Let me get a hammer and hit your little toe, and we'll see how important it is. Every individual in the body of Christ is important. Quit selling yourself short. You are the body. We are the body of Christ. We're the hands and feet, the eyes, the ears of Jesus. Amen? And so, so individually in 1 Corinthians 6, 18, it says, oh, boy, here we go. We have a part to play. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does uh, is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who, who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Glorify God. In your body, in your soul,ical command, and in your spirit. You belong to God individually. And so I have the, you know, I have some other ones. Now, I got some things right here that represent your life. They're gloves. Maybe. Maybe, maybe we'll get to them. Here, 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 right here is a set of welding gloves. It's all right. These are welding gloves right here. And I've welded before, and I've welded without gloves. Gloves are better. Uh, you know, you can get a good suntan on your arms by welding without gloves. But this represents, there's a welder in here, I know, may, or maybe more, but this represents your life, right? And so so, so we got gloves. And then I, I got these, man. These are cool. Anybody cook in here? Uh, housewife? It represents your life. Housewife, cook. Uh, uh chef at a restaurant, uh just good old pair of work gloves right here. You know what I'm saying? Uh we you can build a fence, you may be a laborer, you you unload you work at the lumber mill, you work at Lowe's, uh just a good that's your life. Another set of work gloves, uh this would be the fence builder glove, whatever. Uh and, oh, I even found these. Ladies, you ever work in a garden? Uh maybe you're a gardener. Maybe, maybe uh, whatever you might be in your life, this is you. and then I, I grabbed this and I didn't have the, the doctor glove, but you know what? maybe you're a server, and maybe uh, this represents your life, your life. What, what, what are you doing there, Pastor? Well, if this is your life and you're doing what you're doing, the Holy Spirit's supposed
1: to help you. And see, this is your life. And this is the Holy Spirit, and he comes into your life, and he helps you do what you're doing. You see, you're still living for him.
0: You're still living for Jesus and living for the Father no matter what you do in life, no matter what you're doing. You're putting God first. Whether you're a secretary, whether you're a business person, a salesperson, or whatever you are, God's got to be involved. He wants to be involved. He wants to partner with you. He wants to be Jehovah Jireh at your workplace. He wants to be with you everywhere you go and everything that you do. You know, when 9 11 happened and the Twin Towers came down, they weren't allowed to witness in the Twin Towers. But this guy had went out to eat with these people and he, out of the building at lunch, he shared with them and they got on the bus to ride back to. To the to the building, and he goes, y'all, come on, y'all, all y'all need to get on the bus. What he meant is y'all need to receive Jesus. You need to get on the bus. When 9/11 happened and it hit, they all ran out of the building, and I mean, the building collapsed, and there's dust. You couldn't see nothing, and people were getting on the bus that were broke down just to breathe. And he said, I opened the door, and everybody else shut that door, and he shut the door, and he sit down, and there was one of the ladies in there with him, and he said. You're on the bus. I didn't know you was in here, and she and he led the whole bus to Jesus. But his words to her every time he passed her at work, you need to get on the bus. You need to get on the bus, and that's where he led her. Jesus was on that bus. But we got to let God be involved in our life. You know that was one of the questions. How do I have the Holy Spirit help me? You get Him involved. You get full of Him. Be full of the Spirit of God, even when things are frustrating. Ask God to help. When you're frustrated, you're trying to do it in your strength, and I get frustrated. Paul said the daily cares of the church come on, up, come on me, and he goes, I have, to, I have to cast the cares. He had to do what he preached. I have, I'm no different than anybody else, and so we have to do what God's called us to do, and so what I want you to look at is, is, is in Colossians 129, and then we don't have it in your notes, but you want to write it down. To this end, I also labor, striving according to his working which works in me mightily, God's working in you mightily. But guess what? He's he's a gentleman, and he's not going to overpower you. And de- oh, okay, you need to serve me today, Brett. Okay, yes, Lord, yes. Oh, you hurt me. Don't do that. That's what the devil does. But God's asking for you to let Him be involved with you every day. His ways are better. His ways are easier. And I want to tell you, I've had Him on the ball field. You know, I used to. When, don't pray. Don't pray in Jesus' name. Don't pray. They asked me to pray. It's coming in Jesus' name. And, and you know, the, the girls, if I was coaching softball, the girls said, pray that we win. I said, well, those people over there are praying that they win. You think God's taking sides? I said, no. God cares less about the softball game. But what God cares about is you. And I said, so I'm going to pray for you to, pray the be- to play the best of your ability. And you know what? You play the best of your ability and lose. It's okay. You're playing the best of your ability, and God's on you, and God's going to give you peace. So I prayed over.
1: That, that's how you pray. God didn't care, you know, oh, God, I, I, need to make, I need to make money. You know, God knows you need to make money. Huh? God knows you want a new job. See, see this is how you pray. I need a new job. This is how I pray. Lord, I'm your child. You look at me. I'm a worker. Father, I
0: thank you that I'm your child and you're my provider. I'm gonna trust you. I, I need a new
1: job. I need a new job. And so I had a point of contact. Five o'clock's when I want to go home. I'm working eight to eight. Yeah,
0: you know, I worked oil field one time. It was six to six. I waved at myself going to work seven days a week. All right, I, uh, three months of that is enough. I got to believe God for a better job, and I didn't know God that much. I was saved, but hey, I got to get out of this. There are things that you feel like you're trapped in. Well, you know what? The Holy Spirit will stir you up start believing Him for something better. But you got to come from it that I'm a child of God. God wants to provide for me. God's going to put me in a place. I worked at a job one time that God sent me there to get somebody saved, and I thought I was there to provide for my family because that's our mentality, isn't it? As a man, I want to provide for my family, and I, I man, I lost my business. Eighteen uh, percent interest kind of put you out of business. Back in the eighties, I had a I had a construction and business, and and I, I'm start praying. I'm asking God what I need to do, and and they offered me a job. I said I'm gonna take this, and I'm gonna pick, either pick construction back up later. But it was a new venture. God was changing me, and every step, every step that you're in, God take you to another, to a newer job, and you're learning.
1: And if you don't learn through hard times, you need to. How'd you get there? Huh? Well, yeah, uh, I made a mistake. Didn't learn from it. So
0: here's the thing. As you begin to pray for, for God to open doors for you, come at it. God, I'm your child. You know I want to represent you. You know I want to do things for you. You know I want to help. I need your help. Help me. Show me what to do. And God begin to direct you because, you know, people want me to tell them what they're supposed to do. with it. Nope. Nope. That's wrong for a pastor to tell anybody what to do with their life. I mean, I know. I've heard stories of pastors saying you need to have three kids. You're going to buy. You can't buy that house. You, That ain't in his business. My business is to teach you the Word of God and learn how to be led by the Spirit of God and follow God with all your heart, and God's going to take care of you. That's what my pastor taught, and I proved it. I lived it. I walked in it. I worked the Word. The Word of God is is viable. It's real. It's something you can take to to your heart, and God will manifest in your life because it's what He said about you. Everything we're talking about is
1: what he said about you. Grab a hold of the word. Grab a, grab a hold of the promises. They're real. It's what God wants for
0: his people. Have we not proven that we're his people? Has not God said, I'll take care of my people? We're his people. I can trust he's going to take care of me. We got babies in here, and and they're okay. I'm, I'm just, listen, you ever, you ever throw up your baby and catch it and they laugh? Huh? Oh, you, you know, you did them like that. You ever do that and they laughed? Ha, ha, ha. You know why they're laughing? Because they're not afraid. They ought to be afraid. Some of y'all can't catch.
1: <laughs> but their trust, when are you going to start trusting God? Can you trust God when you're up in the air? God's going to catch you. Can you trust him? Hmm? Quick story, quick story. So I can catch.
0: And my uncle can catch. And we got to throw in Brittany when she was like a year and a half. She's balled up in a ball and she is laughing the top of her head. And so we got to throwing her and we got to backing up. And my my wife, nobody dropped her. It's okay.
1: <laughs> but that night I had a dream. And me and him were throwing her, and he went, whew. And I'm going, I had that sick feeling. I said, I'll, I'll never be pitching her around anymore.
0: You know? So so the, the, the point is, is we got to trust God. Your children trust you to take care of them. Trust God to take care of you. But listen to him and let him lead you. Quit trying to do it yourself. You're hard-headed. You're trying to do it your way. I wouldn't have took that job, but God put, took me there, and, and when that person got saved, I'm like, "Glory be to God." And he goes, "That's why I put you here. and I'm like,
1: "I thought I was here to make a living. I thought I was here to make money. How many bosses have you witnessed to? Everyone. For me, you on the highway with them, just you and them? We're talking about Jesus. I mean, the owner of the last company I worked for.
0: That's all we talked about was the Lord. As a matter of fact, that was the interview, his interview with me. We sat down. He goes, I hear you know the Lord. I said, yes, sir. And that's all we did was talk about God. He would get in the car, and he would talk about God. He would talk about business. And he was the biggest giver in this church of 5,000 members. He's the biggest giver. You're talking about God blessed him. But God blessed him, and, and that's, he wanted to talk about Jesus all the time and just a wonderful man of God who just you know last month he went to be with Jesus but but you have got to you got to ooze Jesus live for him <clears throat> let's go to number 3 and this is real strong so I hope we can get this convey this to you we are his ambassadors man i i i, I I'm a man so I like I like warrior stuff <clears throat> and and so as I was looking at this, being an ambassador, do you remember the king's, uh, uh, king Arthur, and he had knights, the knights of the round table, and they had bishops, and they got earls that, uh, that, that as the king rules here, uh, the earl ruled in this region, and this earl, or this knight went over, and he, he became the policeman of that area, and he represented the king, uh, and this knight went to this area, or this earl, uh,
1: they they ruled this land for the king. Come on, this is you. You're an ambassador. You represent Jesus everywhere you go and everything that you do. You're his ambassador. And and you represent, uh, we have ambassadors in every country that represent the United States how they act, what they say, what they do. You represent Jesus. God has called you to represent him. And look in 2 Corinthians five
0: seventeen it says, Therefore, if any man is to be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Are you grabbing hold of the new things? Maybe this is talking to you today. Are you grabbing hold of the new things? Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. You have been given ref- the ministry
1: of reconciliation. Do you know that when you pray, God, do something, he's wanting you to do it? Or he's going to send some body, body to go do it for you? Given It shall be given unto you, good,
0: pres- good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall men give to your book. Men? God, I'm asking you for it. It doesn't grow on trees. It's not going to just fall out of the sky. God can do that, but that's not the way. He said men. That means that raise you're believing for?
1: It's going to come through your boss or your boss's boss. Or you may have to change jobs. I I like this job. I mean, I'm comfortable here. I I don't have to do anything. Man. Not me. I want to take a hold of it. The last job I had, I I told her, I woke
0: up my wife at at 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the morning, and I'm rolling over everything I've got to learn in this new job. (laughs) And I didn't say nothing. And they woke her up and she's like, Are you all right? That's that stuff going on in, in the spirit realm, you know, worrying or stressing or, 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 uh, it, it can what it, you can stress out people just being in the room because
1: you're stressed out. People can pick up on it. You ever walked in the room, people are arguing, you're like, I mean, you, they ain't saying anything, but you know something's been going on. So,
0: We have been given the ministry of reconciliation. Is your head up? Is your eyes open? Do you have ears to hear what the Spirit's saying that God may tell you to help somebody?
1: Mm Hmm? God may tell you to pray for somebody? In verse 19, that is that
0: God was in Christ reconciling, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us. To us, that's us, all of y'all, the word of reconciliation. What's the word of reconciliation? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that God sent Jesus to reconcile the world to him. So if you're not saved today, if you don't know you're saved today, listen to me, God sent Jesus to bring you in, to bring you in. Will you give him your heart today? Guess what? You can say the same thing. You're going to carry and walk
1: and have a life in such a manner that people are going man, what is it that they have? What is it about them? Hmm? Are you living that life? See, it's what you live. It's, not more,
0: it's more important than what you say. And so as we look at this, look at verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might be right with God or the righteousness of God. Listen, we're the ambassadors. We're the ambassadors of Christ. In verse 20, and so as we're the representatives, so go, go to John 10, 9 and 10, says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. But if you read before that, it says how are they going to know unless somebody tells them? How are they going to know unless a preacher tells them? And you're the preachers. How are they going to know unless somebody lives it before them and if somebody shows them how to pray, if somebody teaches them how to pray? Come on, your kids ought to know how to pray. It's just as good as you do. And if they don't know how to pray, then you're not. Teaching them or you're not praying. I learned how to pray by listening to saints. I'm like, okay, Lord, I, 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 I'm at a prayer meeting and I don't know what, how do you pray, what do you want me to say? And then I got to listening. I'm like,
1: ooh, that, man, she can pray. And I'm like, okay. So I started praying that way. And then I listened to this
0: person pray. That's how I'm supposed to pray. Maybe maybe you're a mom or dad in here, and you're trying to teach your kids how to pray, and they're not paying attention. They're rolling all over the place. You know how cute boys are. And was, there was a story. This lady was teaching her boys how to pray, and they're just all over the place. And after about a year and a half, she's so frustrated with them, she goes, okay, we're through. Your turn. You pray. And they sat up straight, and they prayed the most powerful and eloquent prayers. They were listening the whole time, you know. I watch my grandsons, they act like they're not paying attention and somebody asks a question and they go, they'll answer it, go right back to the iPad or whatever. They're paying attention, paying attention to the good, they're paying attention to the bad. But so so is, your, so is the person you're working with. If you're a griper and a complainer, well, oh, that's just my opinion. Well, your opinion doesn't amount to nothing. My opinion doesn't amount to nothing. It's what does the Word say. It's what does the Bible say. Almost entitled this series, What Does the Word Say? You have questions, well, what does the Word say about it? And we need to know what the Word says. So we've been called to be ambassadors. Guess what? I can give you scripture after scripture, ambassador, how God's going to empower you to be that ambassador. I can give you scripture after scripture that he's going to give you what to say when you step up or when somebody asks you a question. And it's all right to say, you know, I don't know, but I can get the answer for you. I can call somebody. I can dig into the Word. It's all right to say I don't know, but hey, as a matter of fact, that's probably the best answer. As When I was in sales, the best answer was let me go and dig into this and find out. Even though I knew probably what the answer was going to be, I went to work for them. They were impressed by me going to work. Let me dig into this instead of just shooting from the hip. Sometimes we shoot from the hip and it's not what they wanted or it's not what the Holy Spirit wanted you to say. Because just because you know the answer to everything doesn't mean it's what the Holy Spirit said. Jesus never gave a straight answer a
1: lot of times. Huh? He told a parable to help them understand and to confuse the ones that were confused worse because they were trapping him. And he answered a question with a question sometimes. Have you ever thought about that? It's not
0: hard. We're just going to follow Jesus. Learn how to follow him. Come on. Uh, What are you using your faith on? Use your faith on something that's not life and death. Ask God for a word for somebody. How can I share a word? uh, Come on, I've done it.
1: Uh, You stand before somebody. Lord, how can I witness to them? And he gives you that witness. Practice his presence. This is our last scripture, Colossians 3.23.
0: And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Whatever you do. Let me finish with this story. Maybe you say, well, I don't know much. I, I, I don't know what I know probably wouldn't help anybody. So I heard this story. Maybe you've heard it. This, this little boy was learning to play the piano. I mean, just five, six years old, learning how to play the piano. And his wife wanted to give him a vision. She took him to a concert. This great p- concert pianist was going to get up and play. And they're sitting in the crowd and getting ready, and the curtain hadn't opened yet. And she sees somebody she knows. And she just steps over like two seats and go, hey, how you doing? It's so good to see you. Well, while she had her back turned, he gets up and walks down the aisle and goes backstage. She sits down like, where did he go? The curtain opened. There he is sitting at the piano. And he's playing twinkle, twinkle, little, little. I can play that. And the concert pianist comes out, and everybody's like, what is going on with this kid on the piano? And the concert pianist whispers in little kid's ear and says, don't stop playing. And little boy keeps playing and he sits down and he starts playing with him and makes it a masterpiece. I say that to say this. I had a lady in our church and all oh, she was just saved, just filled with God. And 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 she would say, go up to people and say, Do you know Jesus loves you? And it would just It was so anointed and so powerful that the people would start crying. So simple. But God made it a masterpiece. When's God going to, when are you going to start saying even the little bit you know so God can make it a masterpiece? He's waiting. He's waiting on us. He said he'd back us. He said he'd be with us. And when you think you've messed up and it's just, oh, I didn't say that right, it doesn't matter. God will take what you said and empower it. But it's time to step out and do the will of God for your life. This is the will of God. Whatever glove you're wearing, it doesn't matter because you're filled with God. And then God's going to lead you to the next best job. Or God may send you down to pray for somebody. God may have you take a job, and you wonder, why? I know but why? To be that light in that place. So bow your heads today. If If you're here and you do not know Jesus, you're not sure about your salvation, today's the day to be saved. Today's the day to receive Jesus as Lord. Today's the day to accept him into your life and let him fill you up. If you've never accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, will you lift your hand and say, Pray for me, Pastor Brett? Come on, just lift your hand before God. And and so so that's an invitation. The second invitation maybe you haven't been living for God and you want to give Him your life. Maybe you feel like the prodigal son and just, man, I got saved a long time ago. I don't think, don't listen to the lie that God doesn't love you anymore. God's waiting on you to open up your heart. If that's you, just lift your hand up real quick. I see that hand. I see that hand. God loves you too. And let me say this. If you're here today and you know what? You haven't been. You haven't recognized that you're that child of God. You're in the family of God. If you haven't recognized that you're his ambassador He's called you to be that ambassador, that you're the body. You're his hands and feet in the earth. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. I want you to be stirred up today, to start living for him, to be that light, to be the salt, to shine the light in, in the darkness, put a smile on your face, show Jesus. Let's all pray this together. Say, Father, I believe that I'm an ambassador I believe that I'm your child. I believe that I'm the body of Christ in the earth. And you've empowered me to do good, to be strong. Y'all getting quiet on me. To be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Thank you, Father, for opening my eyes today. In Jesus' name, before we transition, I want you to look at me. I'm going to pray a prayer over you, and it's up to you to receive it. I'm going to ask God to send somebody to you this week to be a witness. You don't have to say nothing. You can just let it bypass. God's not going to kill you send you to hell because you didn't obey, because I've missed it a thousand times. But when they come, won't you recognize the Lord? Involved in your life. And if you answer, great. But. Know that God hears. Prayers and answers them. Do you want that to happen? Oh me. So father in the name of Jesus. I thank you that you send people. In their path. Whether it could be a grandchild. A child. A father or a work. Somebody they work with. Their neighbor. And that They ask something about Jesus, they ask something about the Lord, and that they go, wait a minute, I know the answer to that, and I thank you, Father, for it in Jesus' name. Amen.